All right, we're live. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Talk with Army. This is going to be a more general type of episode, not necessarily about uh BTS, but just the K-pop industry in general, and we're specifically going to be talking about uh, cultural appropriation because it's something that is just always happening and always popping up, and we've decided to just, you know, have a full discussion about it. Right, so anyone who's joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are your co-hosts today. I am Daisy. I'm Delilah. And today, not only are we going to be talking about cultural appropriation for um, this episode, but we also have a special guest with us today. Um, This is our friend from the group chat that we like to mention every now and again on our podcast. Um, So this is our friend. If you could introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Mona. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you sound so nervous. No, no, don't I be nervous. Am. It's fine. I'm so nervous. I'm not a professional. I'm an amateur, so yeah. Are you saying we're professionals? Girl, because, I would treat ourselves as an amateur. Because we are not professionals, okay? Like, we, our podcast is still a work in progress, for sure. But you guys are doing so well, honestly. I've listened to your podcast from the beginning and I really enjoy it. So thank you for having me as your first guest. I'm so honored. <laughs> and we're, we're Yay, really glad. We'd love you to be here. Yeah, we're glad you could be here, especially because you're in the UK. So like the time difference is like very difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, Mona, uh, you should tell people... Uh, how you became an army. I think that would be a good introduction starter. Oh God, it's actually my four year anniversary this month, January, 2017. Um, One of my friends came over from another city to visit me and she showed me a bunch of um, K-pop music videos. And I remember, I think it was Blood, Sweat and Tears really stood out to me. Um, And I just fell down the rabbit hole so quickly so so quickly i saw tay i saw june it was a wrap that was it for me and i loved their music as well that's the one thing that really stood out to me i remember how catchy it was because i couldn't get it out of my head so yeah so that was my um intro into bts and this was actually right before um they really started getting big in the west like right before the bbmas and everything wow so like right before then that's really cool Because, like, obviously, as, like, our, like, listeners know, like, Delilah, she got in during, like, the run era. And then for me, it was Wings. And then now you, you're, like, right before, like, 27, like, right into 2017. So, like, it's very chronological right now. That's amazing because I consider myself a You Never Walk Alone era army because that was Feb 2017, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the beginning of 2017. Right. So we're all like back to back. That's so interesting. You know, the biggest takeaway I took from Mona's um, introduction, though, is that 2017 was four years ago. 
<laughs> Yo, that is insane. Like how much, like it baffles me how much time has passed. Like, cause when I think about like, I think about love yourself and I keep thinking for some reason that it was like last year. And then my brain is like, hey, you idiot. Like that was four <laughs> years ago. That's so true. Oh my God, I didn't even think of it like that. I'm convinced yeah, every, we're getting old. Uh, yeah, I'm convinced every BTS album ever came out last year. <laughs> For some reason, like my brain just doesn't process time the same no more. So like every time like I think about like a BTS Wait, hold on, Tier was three years ago now? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. in May. It really will be three years. God, that's not real. Time doesn't exist, guys. I feel like I've been standing BTS for a long time, but at the same time, it feels very short. It's very confusing. Yo, this whole thing is giving me like a whole different mind trip. <laughs> so let's just move on before we spend this whole episode talking about why time is an illusion. <laughs> that that is that is not the topic of today's. Um, maybe maybe another today. episode, but um, not not today. <laughs> okay right so yeah now that we've uh had some introductions um obviously like we said we're going to be talking about cultural appropriation in a more general sense uh within the k-pop industry and so a good thing to do first would be to start with a definition and talk about what really is cultural appropriation so uh this is just a standard definition i got from the internet uh, so then that way we can have a baseline and cultural appropriation is the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of the customs, practices, ideas, etc. of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people or society. Yeah, so it's basically just like stealing aspects of other people's culture and a lot of times um, there will be instances of cultural appropriation where this culture is borrowed or stolen and on top of that not only is it stolen but it's also used um in a profitable way like some people like capitalize off of other people's cultures so for example like uh dream catchers um they're from a native american culture and there are people who are not Native American that will go and make dream catchers and put them onto like necklaces or something like that. And then they would go and sell those. So like, that's a really big issue, like where people have their culture taken and then like the people who took it will then profit off of using their culture. Meanwhile, the people whose culture is don't get any monetary gain from practicing their culture. And on top of that, a lot of people um, will get demeaned for their culture, but then when it's taken and used by another type of uh, person who's not from their culture, then that person will get praised. So there's a lot of different levels to cultural appropriation. Yeah, what makes it problematic isn't necessarily just doing something that is from another culture. It's the fact that you're doing something of another culture that benefits you but the other person who's actually from that culture is demeaned for practicing their own um practice yeah and um now that like we've sort of given like a kind of rundown of that like 
not only is it problematic, like it, there's just so many instances of it happening within the K-pop industry. And, you know, ever since K-pop has been created, there's been so many issues of cultural appropriation that we'd like to talk about. So we're going to hope that this is like really informative for you guys and it can open up a lot more discussion about this topic. Because when you talk about cultural appropriation um, on Twitter, in the K-pop community, um, it's a very touchy subject that can make a lot of people mad. So um, we're hoping that this will sort of be an easier way to talk about it without getting jumped or ratioed because we've all had experiences with those, haven't we? Yeah, there's, (laughs) there's a lot of instances where it'll be cultural appropriation and then like you'll try and talk about it and people try to cover it up. Or people will say, oh, this is cultural appropriation, and it's actually not. They're just trying to start stuff, so it's it's really messy. Yeah, there's just so many instances that we've seen. So luckily, we have brought some examples for you guys to talk about. Um, we've give it, like we've um, kind of did a bit of digging and sort of picked examples of cultural appropriation from K-pop groups um, that are in the industry, so we can sort of analyze them see what was going on what went wrong so yeah we're gonna have a bit of fun with this one so the first example um is from a group that a lot of people will know within the context of cultural appropriation because for some reason everybody hates this group and this is mamamoo so mamamoo has been caught in a couple of controversies regarding cultural appropriation and one recent one is from their one of their members hwasa and i'm sure delilah can explain a little bit more about that because she knows a lot about mamamoo mona as well as hype is hot is hopping on the mamamoo train <laughs> Ooh, mona <laughs> yes i'm i'm starting now i'm joining slowly but surely yes All so right. um during during the um her during Hwasa's promotions for Maria, there was a stage, uh, I don't know if it was exactly M Countdown or, or whatever, which stage exactly, but in one of the stages, her backup dancers were wearing do-rags, and if you don't know what that is, um, it's like that silk uh, head covering like you'll see people wear, um, and black people wear that to protect their hair because the texture is you know different from other hair textures and so that's like a way that they use to like protect their hair and in the U.S. for some reason uh, a lot of people associate that with like gangs or something it's very for some reason I don't know why people see that and connect it I don't know if it's because of like just black people and like them being gangsters is just a bad stereotype but basically the reason why do-rags are cultural appropriation is because when black people wear them um they're kind of you know looked down on and seen as you know lesser but k-pop idols kind of just use it as like an accessory when it's really not like that's not why they're not just an accessory (laughs) yeah so there's like a lot of controversy behind that and like you know you know a lot of people were like demanding for apologies which is obviously understandable because 
you know, there are a lot of times, um, not even just this particular instance, but like a lot of times where you will see non-black people wearing do-rags even though they don't need to and again it's not their culture so like there so you can see how like there comes the problem where people from that culture who are wearing the do-rags will get degraded and seen as like a gangster or ghetto for wearing a do-rag but then like when somebody who's not black wears a do-rag like it's seen as cool it's seen as edgy it's seen as like this aesthetic and then that's where the problem lies it also popped up again recently um, when Kai from EXO, his solo debut, he was wearing a sparkly one in his music video, um, which was like kind of funny. Yeah, I, Mona, was like, I was like, what is happening? Money, you know exactly how I felt about I, this one. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that, to be honest. But I just want to clarify with Hwasa that she was not the one wearing the do-rag was it it was her backup dancers that were wearing it it was her backup dancers she did wear one during a, a performance way back during queendom and i think it was because it was like part of it was the one that was part of the like fenty rihanna collection and so i guess because in like rihanna's promotions it didn't seem like, I feel like it was easier to mix that up uh, because if you look at how it was promoted, it kind of did seem like it was an accessory being promoted. Um, and so, because, like, it was weird. Uh, in the pictures, you see, like, people of, like, every race wearing them. So I guess that's probably where the confusion came from. Um, so, yeah, during Queen Dom, Hwasa had worn one. But during the Maria promotions, it was just the backup dancers, and it was like a last-minute costume change based on uh, like the stage director or something. Right, but I also found it very interesting how people had very different responses to Kai versus Hwasa wearing it, or well, Hwasa's backup dancers wearing them, because it was very people were very angry when it was Hwasa. But I saw a lot of jokes being made about Kai's sparkly one and oh, he still looks good in it and stuff like that. So even the response was very different. I'm saying one thing I really don't like within the K-pop community is that there's no... Um, people don't have the same energy for um, everyone doing the exact same thing. Say for example us three did something we all did the exact same thing i would expect us to get the exact same response because it's the same thing do you know what i mean we're all culturally appropriating the same thing so when i see stuff like people being really angry towards Hwasa and all that and then for kai it's all jokes and stuff i get really confused are we really upset about what's happening like the actual cultural appropriation or if it's not my fave I don't really or if it's my fave you know I'm gonna defend them if it's not my fave I'm going all in on them like that's the thing that confuses me the most yeah I agree there's like literally no consistency within the community at all and I can say that with confidence like having been here and been on stan twitter for so long because it's like like the, like you said, you will see people have like completely different responses for people who did the exact same thing. And it's like, 
where is the equal amounts of concern? Where is the equal amounts of outrage? You're here making jokes on Twitter, yet for another person, you're sending email templates to their company? Like, I don't get it. Right, and the other thing, uh, just to add on to that, um, Hwasa's, uh, was it her stage styling director? She actually mm-hmm. responded, didn't she? She apologized. Yep, where we'll, we have the apology and there's another section later where we'll get into that. And so like, we'll talk about it then. So like, don't worry, I have that right. saved. But Oh yeah, we, we found receipts. We found receipts, don't worry. We need them. But yeah, with, um, um, with Kai, I didn't see any, um, any email templates going around. Maybe that was just me, but I honestly just saw a lot of jokes and a lot of people bantering about it and like, oh, he still looks good in it. So... It's very interesting to see the difference. From what I also heard, it was like 100% his idea too, because they said like the styling and like the direction of the solo was like all him. Like that's what I read. Wow. Okay. God, give me- <laughs> that was the most lifeless wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just in shock because a lot of the times when situations like this occur, fans are like, it's not the idol's fault it's the stylist's fault it's you know everybody else's fault but the idol so it's interesting to hear that it was his idea and they and they were just like okay they just roll with it right (laughs) no no issues everything's fine let's just joke and you know keep it moving and the thing is what's 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 funny is well not funny but um now i see people doing there's people who do dance covers of it and they also wear the do-rag because they think it's part of like the costume <laughs> so like even in dance covers yeah and it's like oh it. no and it's like see what you've done it's, right like see what you've now influenced because nobody called you out for your bs and that's why it's a problem and we're gonna get into that like a bit later too but like Another example we have, there's like, uh, for example, there was like Taeyong from NCT and he was wearing cornrows. And for anybody who doesn't know what cornrows are, cornrows is a type of black braiding hairstyle. Um, It's mainly used for protection. Um, And also like, for example, if you were like wearing a weave or like putting a wig on or something, like you would normally like do your hair in cornrows first and then like install the weave or the extensions that you're wearing. Um, But also it has historical context that dates back to uh, slavery in America by black people. Um, And so like there's a lot of pain behind the history of cornrows and for people to now just take it and wear it and it's trendy now. um, That's why a lot of, you know, black people will have problems with like non-black people wearing cornrows. It's just, it's not cool. And frankly, it destroys your hair. Like, I don't know what is it with non-black people and wearing cornrows it's like your hair will fall out this hairstyle is not for you (laughs) deserved if it falls out that's on you very true what really got me is also when he posted a video of him wearing it on twitter he captioned it um in korean it translated to like hip young so like he was doing a play on words with his name um, and so associating cornrows with like being hip and cool is once again like misunderstanding the purpose of cornrows and just using it as a cool hairstyle. 
Yeah, treating cornrows as synonymous with hip hop, it's like become a really weird, like, I don't know, it's just become a weird, really weird connection, a really weird correlation. Obviously, I can understand why people see it that way because obviously, like, a lot of black people do hip hop and a lot of black people wear cornrows. So then they made that connection. They're like, oh, people who do hip hop wear cornrows. Therefore, if I'm doing hip hop, I should wear cornrows. But it's like, no. Um, like, people should just. Like, there's so many ways to look quote-unquote hip-hop. First of all, I don't even know what that means for you to be looking hip-hop. But if you were going to be wearing, like, looking hip-hop, and by that, I'm going to assume that they mean wearing streetwear. There's so many ways you could look hip-hop without having to appropriate a hairstyle. Like, you could just leave your hair as is, or maybe you could make it into, like, a little updo or something. Just stop putting black extensions in your hair. What, what What's that going to do for you? What? his scalp was crying for help let me tell you like i was i was more concerned that like if his hair isn't gonna fall out from all the times it's being dyed and the amount of times he's changed the color it's gonna fall out from this for sure but this is the thing your music speaks for itself doesn't it so you don't need a hairstyle or or certain you know accessories or whatever to prove that you're hip or anything like that i understand like you want an aesthetic or a certain look to accompany your music but number one the music speaks for itself and number two you don't need to braid your hair cornrow or anything like that to um fulfill that aesthetic if you if you get what i'm saying like there's no need absolutely none yeah i agree like if your music is good and is authentic like you don't need to look the part for you to make that music like a lot of people think that in order to do hip-hop you have to look a certain way when that's really not true i think that's why bts are so embarrassed by 2013 bts because they were like we tried way too hard of course yeah which brings us to like that that probably brings us to like one of our next examples because i think it would be incredibly hypocritical of us to like go through this section without mentioning like anything about bts at all yeah so, i want to be um, fair to like <laughs> point fingers at everyone but skip our faves um but <laughs> don't worry we're we're gonna bring it up too yep so in 2013 um Back when BTS was in their um, uh, God bless them, their try hard hip hop days. Um, basically, what had happened was um, I don't know if it was actually like deb- I think it was pre debut, but RM uh, he had uh, he was wearing dreads at a point, dreadlocks, which is a type of like hairstyle that originated from. Is it like Jamaica, the Caribbean? Like, is that where it originated from? I'm not exactly sure where it originated from, but it's definitely common in, like, Afro-Caribbean cultures. Yes. So he was wearing that, and um, I guess nobody told him what was going on because he was wearing that during, like, pre-debut, and then, like, debut even, his hairstyle was kind of, like, um, kind of, like, I guess textured. I don't know what they did to his hair specifically. I don't know how they they did that, but, like, his texture was off (laughs) his hair texture was looking like 4b 4c i don't know what was going on (laughs) but anyway his hair texture was kind of like i guess imitating the way that like i guess black people's hair texture is so like that was seen as problematic 
and um, honestly I do agree like you don't have to be changing the texture of your hair to be looking hip-hop because man I think we can all agree like changing your hair texture to look hip-hop is kind of goofy absolutely there's there's no need and most of the time they end up looking just ridiculous anyway because you can tell it's not for you do you know what I mean yeah I, yeah I i hate like, it it looks like it's not for you i hate it when like people on twitter k-pop fans are like mm, you know normally i'd be mad but he actually looks good and i'm like no he doesn't stop lying right it's like who are you capping for <laughs> like you it's okay you can say that it looks clapped because it's not for them anybody who is not black wearing dreads or cornrows or any type of black hairstyle like it looks like it's not for you like you look out of place wearing it so it's like, I don't know who these people are lying on their government names that their faves look good in a certain hairstyle. They don't. I can assure you, no matter who it is, they don't. True. And I'm glad that that was very early on uh, and that he learned from that very quickly <laughs> and uh, never went back to those hairstyles. I agree. Yep. Another Another example of cultural appropriation would be Lisa from Blackpink during yeah kill this love um in the music video she comes out wearing box braids um during her rap verse and people definitely had an issue with that um and I think some people also had an issue when she had also posted a picture of her uh, in those box braids on Instagram. There was a lot of controversy, but like nothing really came out of it. Um, I don't think like it didn't really go anywhere, but that was a thing. Mm. Yeah, there was like a lot of like split decisions during that time. I remember like seeing like some of it go down and I was like, um, like why is everyone like so on the fence? Like I was kind of confused about what was going on because like box braids, like that's very clearly appropriation like for anyone who doesn't know what box braids are um they're kind of if anyone's like seen a recent photo of me i'm actually wearing box braids right now um they're like kind of like regular braids but like the reason why they're called box braids is because like the parting that you do for them to actually braid it is in the shape of like a square like a box so that's where it gets the name from um but yeah it's a very blatantly african type of hairstyle so obviously you know people are gonna call that out when they see it. Also, so that's also, why people had a problem with that. Also, it was box braids with front bangs. And like, I, whoever said it looked good were lying. Was this Right, like I don't when, understand. Was this not also when people were arguing about how it was a Thai hairstyle? I remember something, some sort of discourse was happening about these braids being Oh Thai. yeah. So like in, there's like this tourist um, section in like Thailand where like you can get braids done, um, but like that's still a result of black influence. Their box braids are not Thai culture. Right, right. Because once again, yeah, the uh, unless people from Thailand have the same hair texture as black people then like correct me but I'm pretty sure they don't nope they absolutely do not so that's why people were all up in arms about that for good reason 
And there's also another instance where it wasn't black culture, but um, it was Jihyo from Twice. And I think she was at like a fan meeting or something. And she was seen wearing a, a costume of a Native American. So like basically like the like cultural attire that they wore. She used that as like a type of costume. I know. I was sad because if anyone knows me, Jiho is my queen. She is my bias in twice. But that costume, like, I don't know. There is just not enough. Like, no one knows enough about Native American culture, it seems. Because I've seen so many controversies regarding Native American culture and it's starting to get out of hand like listen there's no like you can't dress as a specific ethnicity like you can't dress as another race like that's mm, that's just straight up especially not as a costume that's the issue like yeah because because yeah you're not accurately representing it you're not actually wearing anything that's probably of that specific culture and also there's so many um tribes in native american culture like there's so many different customs depending on like what area and so everyone is going to have a little bit something different so you can't all box that in under just like one costume yeah and it's not even like just native american culture um i'm talking like in a more general sense but like rather than the k-pop industry but like there are other cultures that have also been used for halloween costumes for example like the stereotypical mexican costume that you would see where like it would literally just be a halloween costume and like it would be a poncho and a sombrero and like a handlebar mustache and it's like i really like sit back and think about this and i'm like who okay this who thought that it was a good idea to just dress as other ethnicities for halloween why that's a really good point but i find it really interesting how um do these people ever get called out like i don't ever see templates going around or apologies for stuff like this especially if it was for in this, this case for her like a whole costume getter. for this specific instance i didn't see any templates so then yeah like i don't know this is why it's a cycle because no one gets called out no one um is educated on it I'm not saying that fans are the ones that have to educate these people but apparently their companies aren't doing it apparently everyone else is just turning a blind eye or pretending to be unaware or are actually unaware so it ultimately does come down to the fans to call it out and let the company know and let the idols know that what they're because they have all these managers all these stylists and like no one was like hey maybe let's not do this right right I'm like, where, where is the, where's the research going into this? Like, I don't understand how there can be, especially coming from like bigger companies like SMYG, JYP, like you have hundreds of staff members and not one of them came to you and said, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Exactly. And you can't even say that they um, are unaware because these companies have been what, in the music industry for how long now? And they've tried to break into america and all these other different countries so clearly there is some type of awareness do you know what i mean especially if you have like um branches overseas as well overseas as well because i know that a lot of these companies are expanding aren't they or have expanded prior to you know 2020 or whatever so 
there's definitely an awareness at this point I think it's more ignorance than um, not being well not even ignorance actually just not caring yeah I think so I feel like there's just too much indifference about like the cultures that they're taking from for them to actually care like I feel like for a lot of these uh, companies you know, they don't really care that, like, there is cultural appropriation going on because that's really not what they're interested in. They care more about, like, the monetary gain and all of that stuff. So that's why, like, even when people send email templates to companies, sometimes it's just, like, little radio silence. You won't hear from them. And it's frustrating, especially um, as, you know, people who come from those cultures, not even just like black fans, even though black culture is probably the most appropriated in K-pop, but like people who come from, for example, like uh, Native American cultures or people who are from like Southeastern Asia, who've had like their culture appropriated. Like there's just so much going on. And like, even like within the examples that we have here, like like the rest of them like it was just like other instances of like them appropriating like black hairstyles like corridors and stuff like that it's like how many times does somebody have to do this and get backlash before they learn because it's like i don't understand why you want to like sabotage your idols like that as a company and then also turn away your target audience right and it's also very interesting how a lot of the smaller companies because i guess the fans can reach them more quicker and stuff like that they actually tend to respond and do something about it whereas it's the bigger companies that we're struggling with the bigger companies are completely just brushing everything under the rug or not even acknowledging it or even recently um, with um, Blackpink with when they had the was it the guard if I remember correctly in the music uh, yes. video so yeah so for who those who don't know what that was basically for blackpink's uh recent one of blackpink's recent music videos um there was a scene um of like one of the girls and they were in this room and there was um uh this thing called ganesh on the floor which is this kind of god um used in was it indian it's it's it's, it's, an, it's a hindu god um sorry hindu god yes yeah uh ganesh is like known as like the destroyer of obstacles um so basically it's like in charge of removing obstacles but also it can also punish people by like giving you obstacles in your life and stuff like that yeah so that is where that god comes from and the problem arose when in the video the ganesh was on the floor and apparently, according to the people who practice Hinduism, you're not supposed to put the god on the floor because it's seen as a sign of disrespect. And so, like, there were so many emails sent to YG, like, hey, you got to fix this. You either got, like, apologize, you got to take down the video. Like, like there were so many people who were upset about it. And I don't, I don't think they did a statement, but they did just delete it out of the music video. Right. So that's so crazy to me. So you heard the complaints, you understand that what you did was disrespectful, but there was no apology. There was literally nothing apart from removing um, that scene from the music video, literally nothing else. If someone goes, what about that time you put Ganesh on the floor, they'll just be like, what time? We deleted it, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Right, exactly. Right? Like, just because you deleted it doesn't mean you don't have to address your wrongdoings. 
like they really just deleted it and thought like oh no one's gonna notice no one's gonna notice that we ever did this let's just pretend it never happened and nothing did happen after that i didn't see you know fans complaining about or expecting an apology do you know what i mean because now you know that they're aware and that they're purposely ignoring the matter and i think that might even be worse honestly i hate like the fact that people are aware and then just ignoring because that that really pisses me off so like i think that even talking about like people acknowledging mistakes and stuff that segues perfectly into our next section where we want to talk about what is and is not an an, accept an acceptable apology when you have culturally appropriated and offended you know certain people so like amongst these examples that we've given um there have been um like there have been people who have addressed their mistakes or apologized. Um, so we're gonna go through a couple examples here because one of our examples actually was um, Bang Chan from Stray Kids who had worn cornrows. And um, a lot of people had, you know, tried to email the company about it or talk to Bang Chan specifically. And he had addressed it via VLive, I believe, wasn't it, Delilah? Um, yes, I will. I'll try and find exactly what he said, but he did post it on VLive because a lot of people had been trying to get in contact and haven't heard anything, and a lot of people were really stressed out about it, but he did eventually address it. Yeah, and then on top of that, oh, you know what? I actually just remembered another part of that where somebody... um I think it was like one of their fans, but like, I think they had like replied to like one of his tweets or something like that. They replied to him on some social media platform. And then they were like to Bang Chan, they're like, hey, if you're sorry about this issue, but you're not allowed to talk about it, can you post like, I, I think it was like a selfie with an Apple emoji. And for the reason, like for anyone who wants to know why they said specifically an Apple emoji that he should reply with is because Apple, the word Apple in Korean is uh, similar sounding to the word for I'm sorry. Um, so that's why they were talking about the Apple emoji that he should reply with that. And I think he did tweet out like a selfie with an apple emoji so people took that as confirmation as oh i'm sorry for what i did but i can't talk about it sort of thing did i get that correctly yeah i, I, I did. think so that's not yeah so it was apology. just like yeah so people were so mad where like because it was like you saw two apple emojis and you basically just forgot about this whole issue like there's like people who were like contacting their company and him for days and like people are like oh but he posted the apple emoji so you should just let it go like he's not going to be allowed what to confuses talk about me like, though is like why wouldn't stray kids be allowed to talk about it when got seven address things personally day six address things personally like i don't know stray kids is like known for the, like their creative freedom and stuff so it just seems weird that they wouldn't be able to talk about it right yeah i never really understood why like them of all people would be restricted on social media because it's like these people like a lot of them have like personal accounts on like twitter or like instagram and stuff so it's like there's like nothing really stopping them from being able to address like their issues and do better so like i do wonder whether like that whole thing was just a coincidence or maybe he like truly wasn't allowed to talk about it 
Like, I don't, like, that whole thing was just so weird to me. It really was. I'm trying to find. It as well. Like, he apologized, so they were fine with it. Like, yeah, the apple's enough of an apology. No, that makes I'm no trying to sense. find. I'm trying to find the exact V-Live translation. Hmm. Yeah, and I may or may not be wrong on this, but I think I remember, because I feel like I, um, I remember what was said, like, for a little bit of that V-Live, but because I remember it floating around my timeline, and I think he had said something around like along the lines of, like, you know, I try and respect cultures and stuff like that, and it's, like, it was basically, the issue I have... Yeah, it was basically, like, not actually an apology. Yeah, it's like the issue I have with, you know, people like responding with I respect all cultures when they're called out on cultural appropriation is that your intentions may not always match your actions and you have to hold yourself accountable for that. So it doesn't really matter whether you respect all cultures or believe that you do it like what you did was still wrong like you can't just get away with like for example wearing cornrows and then make it up by saying i try and respect all cultures because through your actions of appropriating like you're showing that you're not respecting all cultures regardless of what you think you're doing so it's like using that as an excuse or a way to cover up like what you were doing like i i, I hate that i hate when people do that what's really interesting you go ahead mona no go ahead mona I was gonna say, um, he could have, instead of just saying, oh, I respect all cultures, he could have continued by saying, but I see that I hurt people by my actions and what I did, and for that I'm truly sorry, do you know what I mean? Even though I do respect all cultures, obviously I made a mistake. Acknowledging your mistake, I'm not saying you have to say, oh, I wore cornrows and I'm specifically sorry for that, do you know what I mean? Especially if you're not, maybe the best speaker or fluent or, or anything like that but if he would have just said i try and respect all cultures but by my actions i see that i offended my fan base and i'm really truly sorry for that and i will do better in the future i think that's much more fitting than an apple emoji he also is does speak english fluently um He's from he was Australia. He was raised in Australia, so like he he has more. I think people expect more from him specifically. Right. As yeah. They should. Honestly, like I feel like when you have been living outside of Korea your whole life, especially in an English-speaking country, like. I would honestly expect you to have more insight and more cultural awareness so you can avoid doing things like this and you know honestly for like to see that unfold and for him to literally like dip out with like two apple emojis and saying that he respects all cultures it's like um that's kind of whack you might want to you might want to retouch that acknowledgement a bit better what's really interesting though um Sorry, what I find really interesting though is Stray Kids had gotten into another controversy um, and they had done like a full, very in-depth apology on Instagram um, about it. It was when um, it was when Hyunjin had like worn that like curly wig and big red lips um, on that variety show appearance. I don't know if you remember that. Um, 
he because he was imitating that like one korean cartoon that's like a racist caricature of like black people um and so people uh had like called them out and they released a full statement on instagram that seemed very sincere um they had said like um stray kids everywhere all around the world as you can see in our signature phrase we straight kids always try our best to understand everyone across the world and our beloved stay as much as possible and as deeply as possible we strongly believe that everyone no matter which culture they are in has the right to be respected therefore we reject all discrimination based on any orientation and oppose all forms of inequality yet we are still lacking in many things and we are trying our hardest to become better we would like to apologize to anyone if we have stepped on a rake it was never our intention but due to our lack of understanding we promise we will do our best to become better see i think that's a very appropriate apology it's very in-depth touched on all the important topics and so it baffles me that they can post such a good apology and acknowledgement like that but then when it came to culture appropriating a hairstyle like there was literal radio silence like I don't know what was going on with that so like for me that raises a lot of questions about like not even their company but like maybe it was just that he kind of did that to maybe make it seem like the company didn't want him to talk about it maybe he actually enjoyed doing the hairstyle but just like didn't want to let go of it I don't know like that's just so weird it it is it, it is a mystery that will never solve. and then yeah we will probably never solve this one so like again let's move on to a different apology where after Quas's performance with the do rags then the performance director uh the performance director had apologized via instagram uh yeah so they they one of the dancers had came forward and said it was a last minute change by the performance director and so when the dancers apologized and RBW was notified, um, they had said um, um, there was like, I believe there was a story. And then there was also a they said it on the story and then they also said it on the comments. So they had said, first, the company has already detected a problem meaning RBW, Mama Moose Company, is aware. Secondly, we will not do that again. And thirdly, please keep help and love Hwasa and us. And the performance director said, um, we won't wear it to avoid causing trouble. Uh, Sincerely apologize and I wish we love each other. Um, She said uh, that she loves uh, black culture um, but apologizes for um, not understanding it. And so they said they will not do it again and basically tried to say, um, please don't blame Hwasa because it was our decision. Okay. I think that definitely taking accountability and not like hiding behind the artist, that's also a really appropriate apology. And, you know, acknowledging that even though they love black culture, they don't understand it fully. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's actually brings light to like a lot of these instances of cultural appropriation where a lot of these idols do love black culture, but because of their lack of understanding of black culture, they don't know what's good to borrow from black culture and what isn't good. Which is how you end up with all these people who've been like right. wearing all sorts of hairstyles and like all this clothing. Like, there's just so much. 
Yeah, they said, I wish we could share and enjoy the culture together, but we won't wear it to avoid causing trouble. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah, it's just good to know your boundaries as a non-Black person going into Black culture and, you know, be able to, I think definitely people should always check with Black people, like, hey, um, you know, we were looking at this part of your culture and like, we thought it was cool. Like, is it okay to implement this into our performance and like, get their opinion on it. Like nobody ever asks black people before they start doing these stages and performances or whatever. It's very weird. You can tell, you can definitely tell that they don't try and speak to the people from the appropriate cultures to find out whether this is acceptable or whether it's not acceptable. Because it just happens too often, too often. But in terms of the apology, I really appreciate how um, it sounds really sincere as well. And that's what I really like. Because a lot of these apologies don't really sound that sincere or they're very vague or whatever it may be. Or they don't take responsibility themselves. They try and blame it on someone else. So I like that this person was very, um, very in-depth about it, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I think people just, like, I think people just want to hear a few things. Like, they just want to hear, we're sorry. They want to hear, we won't do it again. And, like, they understand that it was wrong. Like, just those things is, like, all people want to hear. And it's kind of crazy right. how you can't even get that sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, honestly. And then, like, another um, apology where... Um, we didn't really mention his name, like, in the previous segment, but, like, one of the people who had worn cornrows again was, uh, his name is Hongjoon from Ati, uh, is it Ati's or Ati's? I keep forgetting. Ati's. He is... See, I will keep asking this yeah. till the day I die. <laughs> he's, he's the leader of Ati's. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, so he had worn cornrows, and he was in... Uh, and it was like he did it for a concept photo for like their comeback it was and then it was also in their music video Mm -hmm. and so people were like yo like delete this and basically um their company kq entertainment released a statement online and they had apologized for it let me see oh here it is um they said Hanjun Tear and title number two image was styled in consideration of the concept of the song without any other particular purpose. Therefore, ATs and we, KQ Entertainment, did not. Oh my god, where did it go? Where did it go? I'm sorry. My. It just refreshed and lost. Oh, there it goes. Oh god. I hate the internet. Um. One minute, guys. Technical difficulties. Found it. Okay. Hanjun's hair and title number two image was styled in consideration of the concept of the song without any particular purposes. Therefore, ATs and we, KQ Entertainment, did not have any intention of commercializing or depreciating other cultures at all. Through the issues and the opinions from our fans, we have become fully aware of the concerns and seriousness of this issue. From now on, we, KQ Entertainment, will try our best to fully review and check the historical backgrounds, characteristics, and the cultures in the production process. We will not create issues that were not intended or expected. And, you know, in hindsight, that is a really great apology, but unfortunately, (laughs) they didn't edit it out of the music video. So, even after, and like, they made this, this was like a month before 
um, they had released a music video, I think this controversy was. Mm -hmm. So it was like, even after all that, when they finally ended up releasing the music video after people had like gave them backlash for the concept photos, they still didn't edit out his parts where he was wearing cornrows. So people were like, well, then what was the apology for? If you were going to apologize, why didn't you they edit said out they didn't, his cornrows? Because the company also said, unfortunately, they did not have the ability to like reshoot. Um, and I think the only like leeway I will, because like, I understand why they can't just like edit him out of the music video completely. Um, but like, I guess the only reason I'll give leeway that like they couldn't reshoot with like a month in between that statement and its release is probably, you know, coronavirus um, is still, you know, happening. So there was probably logistical um, reasons they couldn't just, you know, reshoot. So that I kind of get, but it is kind of interesting how they had a whole month and like understood the issue, but couldn't actually fix it. So then I have a question then. In that music video, did they only have one look? Because you know how when they shoot music videos, they have different sets, they have different looks. You know, you don't have one continuous look. So if they did have several looks, why didn't they just delete the parts where he was wearing the cornrows? Well, 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 they had like different looks, but you still have the same hairstyle in every look. They do? Oh, boy. I think so. I I can't remember because I only watch because I prefer because the songs was for, I think it was for Thanks and I preferred Inception. Um, so right. like I list so I watched that and listened to that more than Thanks. So mm-hmm. I don't remember I exactly. Was curious about that, by the way. I was just curious to see if there was more than one. You're, in, no, you're right. Because they do, because it's common in K-pop music videos where, like, they'll do the same choreography, but have a different background and clothes, and then they'll, like, edit that together. But, um, but, like, I'm pretty sure, because, like, in the music video, there's also, like, I think he wears, like, a hat, but you can still see it, like, peeking out. So, yeah, there wasn't any way around it. Yeah, so I can imagine how complicated that was. And I guess if, you know, you were to also look at it, maybe like the schedules that they had booked for like that month in between like the concept photo and like the actual music video release, maybe they were busy. But either way, I feel like they could have at least tried to do something. Maybe if there was like a video editor who could like, I don't know, can you airbrush corners out? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think the most important thing hat on him instead I think the most important thing is to see if they follow through with what they said, because they said, we will do research and make sure it does not happen again. And so, like, let's see if it doesn't happen again. I think that's the most important factor. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, and I think, like, not even, like, just, oh, let's see if they don't culturally appropriate again. Because, obviously, like, I don't think anybody will ever be fully aware of, like, every single culture on the planet. So maybe it might be another issue, like, with a completely different culture. But if they ever do corners again, that would be the problem. Because then it means that they learn nothing. So if they avoid corners or, like, other black hairstyles, then then you could say that they learned nothing. But, I mean, other instances, I don't know. But that definitely... Just to add to your point, can they stop 
going for all the stereotypical things that they go for when they're like culturally appropriate in a culture like you said with the whole you know the sombrero and stuff like that as long as they stay away from all of the stereotypical things i think people would be a lot more understanding because a lot of the times what they do is stuff that we're like oh this is what you think of that culture or do you see what i'm saying that's mainly the yeah stay away from all the stereotypical things and then if you do end up culturally appropriating at least then we can say oh this is not really that well known or you know what i mean maybe they weren't aware etc etc so yeah what i found really funny um is there was this one time when like um during a momoland music video where like they were stereotypically dressed um mexican they have like a sombrero and like a mustache but the shirt they were wearing was not mexican i think it was an african dashiki i think that's what that shirt is called a dashiki (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so it got like mixed up the costume director was mixed up there jail they're like oh whoopsie (laughs) my bad it's ridiculous is you see the most ridiculous things honestly yeah it's like what like it's like i think it a good way to be able to tell how much they fall into stereotypes is like if you tell them to like for example like dress like a black person and they come back with like saggy pants an oversized jersey a snap back the wrong way around wearing cornrows with a gold chain around their neck you just know yeah you just know in terms of apologies and stuff i think a good apology like delilah said you acknowledge and take responsibility and you say that you're not going to do it again and you're going to be try and be more aware in the future that's all people want it's not even that much which is what kind of angers me annoys me frustrates me people don't want much but they make it seem like it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's not that hard to say, hey, I did this wrong. Like, I'm sorry. Like, let me try and do better. Like, that's great if you, like, understand your mistakes and you want to improve yourself. But, like, people think it's this, like, long, arduous process and it's painful. And it's like, no, just say you did wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody is getting at you for being human but people will get at you if you don't acknowledge your mistakes and you pretend like it didn't happen or you continue to do it again absolutely and then of course and then and yeah bts our boys um so in terms of rm when it came to um his hairstyles well first of all there was um a V Live that he had done. Um, it's called RM's Hello 2017, and it's on V Live still. And he was basically um, addressing, like, you know, how he thought in the past, like his mindset, and you know, stuff like that. And basically, we have his sort of like discussion here. And uh, he was talking about uh, what he said was he said, quote unquote, I had a lot of thoughts I did in the beginning. When others talked about me in a criticizing way, rather when others gave unforgivable feedback, it could be advice or criticism. It could be condemnation. When I heard so, I felt like this in the beginning. Why? Why? Because I thought I've been like this. I thought I've never caused any trouble or inconvenience to others. I've never thought that way because I studied hard when I was young. I worked on music. I performed hard. I like playing games. And that's what consisted in my life. 
At school as an obedient student, I did so well teachers liked me. I never fought with classmates and I was around friends. I never thought my behaviors or music or words could hurt others or cause inconvenience to others. I've never thought that way. As I went through 2016, I came to think about that. My words, behaviors, regardless of my intentions, could cause troubles or hurt others' feelings. In the process, I thought I need to hold responsibility for that and I need to think about such things. What I said or did would not be undone. And basically, like, I won't read the whole thing because it's like pretty long, but like he sort of goes into like uh, talking about how it was hard for him to admit that he could be uh, hurting other people's feelings regardless of what his intentions were and how he needs to learn to be more humble and accept criticism when people are trying to tell him that like he's not right in a certain way. So I think that it was good on him to definitely address that even though like he didn't go into specifics it was probably more of a general sense because it wasn't even like just like the hairstyles but like sort of I guess maybe it could have been his attitude towards like hip-hop music or something like you know how we were talking about like the whole stereotypical hip-hop look that they used to have like he probably saw all that and understood that like yo I was kind of wrong when I did this and you know it could have hurt other people and I think that's like why a lot of k-pop fans well not k-pop fans but k-pop idols find it hard to apologize because they don't want to come to terms with the fact that regardless of their intentions that they hurt other people and more specifically their fans yeah I think um it's really what's it's kind of hard for him in like later years to address maybe like specific things just because he wa- I think he wanted to address all of it at once because there were a few times um during BTS's like 2013-2014 career um cuz I remember in his mixtape interview like his first one um RM in 2015 he said that um in their song if i rule the world which if you're a newer army maybe you're not aware of the older tracks that's from their album oh are you late too um he was like talking about west side till i die and he was saying that was fully wrong because he knows nothing about the west side um he was kind of just like playing into like the feelings um and had a very close-minded view on hip-hop mm-hmm. Right, and he yeah. acknowledged that, and he accepted that, and he's learned from that. And that's the key thing here, that idols need to learn from their past mistakes. You know, regardless of how many mistakes they made or, you know, whatever it may have been, as long as you've learned and you've grown and people can see that, can see that in your actions now, today, because that's another thing that really frustrates me. People tend to go back for BTS and are like, oh, in 2013, this is what they did. But your idol is doing the same thing now in 2020, 2021. So it's not comparable. We need people to make changes now. I agree. I fully agree with that because it's like, that's the whole thing. Because like for, you know, some newer armies might not know this, but like, uh, I guess I would call it a running gag, but it's really not funny. But like, basically, there's this thing where people say, quote unquote, but Namjoon, as in, oh, but Namjoon did this back then, but Namjoon did that back then. Basically, trying to, whenever like an army calls out like cultural insensitivity from another group, people try and use the but Namjoon argument to sort of uh, like 
excuse their faves. They basically use Namjoon as this bulletproof shield right. um, to try and act like their faves have like, oh, we shouldn't be calling out their faves because our faves are equally as problematic. Meanwhile, the difference between somebody who's doing cultural appropriation now and somebody who did it back then is that for Namjoon, he has already acknowledged his mistakes and he's learned from them and he's shown remorse for what he did back then and he doesn't do it again and goes out of his way to educate others meanwhile for somebody who's doing it present day it's like after all that's gone on especially last year with the whole black lives matter movement like you still haven't gone out of your way to learn about black culture i don't right. i don't get that exactly and it's so frustrating because um i don't i think i think it was jackson from got seven who was arguing with fans about how they were seeing what he was doing in a wrong way when they were trying to call him out for something. And I remember he was like, no, I respect all cultures. And if you're taking it the wrong way, then that's on you. But you know, that wasn't my intention. But you hurt people. People are telling you that you hurt them. Do you see what I'm saying? And you're kind of putting that back on them. Yeah, I agree. Victim blaming is awful. And like, if like, there's somebody here who kind of is like, oh but like you know he's justified in saying that like let me put it this way if i hit somebody by accident like i might have just been walking on the street and i accidentally run into somebody and i don't know like i knock their books out of their hand like regardless of whether or not i wanted to actually hit them i could have just been minding my business i probably didn't mean to run into that person and knock their stuff over but that doesn't change the fact that i did and so i need to acknowledge that and apologize and maybe even help them pick their books back up. I'm not just gonna like knock over their stuff and keep walking. And if somebody from like the other side of the street who sees what I did is like, hey, you just knocked over that person's books. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I didn't mean to and then walk off, am I? Right, exactly. Um, the, imagine being like, well, maybe they should have held their books tighter. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? <laughs> Makes no sense, which is why I'm saying if if he would have just said, oh, you know, it wasn't my intention, I'm so sorry, you know, that's that's not what I was thinking about, or, you know, that wasn't what I was going for, but clearly I hurt your feelings, or, you know, I messed up, I'm really sorry, it would have, everything would have been fine, but you're out here being really defensive. I don't, I don't really understand why. And I was trying to find that Instagram post as well, but I couldn't. No, I know exactly what Instagram post you're talking about, it, because I was seeing it, like, live, uh because like i was there witnessing it in real time and i was like jackson what are you doing to yourself i was it was so shocking i was like how can you be so rude because most people's problem at this point was not even the cultural appropriation people were angry about his response right exactly this actually kind of goes into um this is not a k-pop idol well he's an ex-k-pop idol but i think jay park did something similar as well I was watching ages ago god no stop on. stop i know what you're talking about no, i know what you're gonna say <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh he was I just nope go mona go <laughs> the the only reason why i bring that up is because you know jackson didn't grow up did he grow up in america no he didn't right no he's from he he was born in hong kong right so maybe for jackson i can actually kind of understand his mindset but then you have people like jay park who grew up in america 
and you understand the nuances and all of that you've been around it but you're out here doing exactly what jackson's doing defend like being so defensive i never understood why people who grew up in america and canada were so unwilling to like accept fault or blame or anything like that do you see what i'm saying what got me is he was discussing yeah. cultural appropriation and how whack it is with a white person he was like who was culturally appropriating yes <laughs> which makes he- no sense I'm so baffled. So yeah, sorry to bring up um, an ex-K-pop idol. No, no, no. That's a good. Was... That's a good example because he's still he's still active in the K industry. Um, right. Honestly, I think people forget he was in Two PM. I think he's just known as just Jay Park at this point. <laughs> exactly. But I thought the two the two circumstances, although similar but kind of different, because they both grew up in different, you know, different. Yeah, places. different. Yeah places yeah because like honestly i totally agree like if you have been born and raised in america and you're still trying to like avoid responsibility i don't know maybe it's because because they think that because they grew up in america that they feel like um like they're untouchable or something like that or they know better so it's like oh me who's grown up in america and you who's grown up in korea like you can possibly like find fault with what I did because I'm from America so I know all this stuff and so like I don't know maybe it makes it like hard for them to believe that like they're still ignorant about the culture that they grew up like seeing or living so I can I can I, I feel like that's probably why they do it but like still like what Jay Park did like the way that they get so defensive about it it's like just stop like you are embarrassing me and my di- my diaspora like please exactly. enough and the other thing is if you did grow up in america then be more like um um is it matthew from card be more like him because you grew up in america you know everything so then you tell your group and your label this is the stuff that we cannot do absolutely categorically no do you see what i'm saying you mm-hmm, right your label and your your members that's the whole point of you being there if you have international members in a group and they're from canada and america and australia i'm expecting them to let people in that group know we cannot do this i don't i don't expect you to be the perpetrator this is so frustrating i think i think it's also what frustrates people when it comes to like nct is because they have canadian and american members and like no one not one person was like hmm maybe we shouldn't do this (laughs) right right like your acronym literally stands for neo culture technology and you still are dealing with cultural insensitivity and it's like like obviously like i've said in like so many podcasts before k-pop is a cultural export so if you're going to plan on promoting this on global stages you have to learn how to respect these cultures that you're going to be performing for you can't continue just wearing dreads or or cornrows or i don't know wearing native american headdress or like bindis or something and you're not and like expect people not to call you out like it's just so annoying to me how they're planning on just going for like literally every target audience that is not korean but they don't want to respect every target audience that's not korean like come on right and you'd expect them to be more culturally aware now because k-pop has become 
so global like more people are aware of k-pop more people see it are you know witnessing everything which makes actually having discussions even more difficult because everyone wants to have a say like everyone wants to put their two cents in because i see a lot of western stan accounts now saying stuff like oh you know your faves did this your faves did that and we never had that issue before do you see what i'm saying it's gone beyond oh yeah that's true k-pop fans now and that's another frustrating thing because we're trying to maybe sort something out or deal with an issue and then you have not only k-pop fans but western fans inserting themselves as well right and then suddenly like you see a pic of your fave on like the shade room and you're like oh well it's over for us now not the shade room (laughs) (laughs) the shade room listen i don't know what is people's problem like i understand wanting to educate your face but stop blasting these people and exposing them to like everybody in the world by putting them on a shade room like you can educate them in private and then like they can acknowledge and apologize but why do you gotta like set them up for bullying like you want your faves to get murdered no it's k-pop fans that hate that group or artists that do it it's like say for example if uh, a member of a group did something then the stands from another group are the ones that will go to the shade room and say look at this group they did this and that which is insane like i don't i don't have the energy for that like instead i'll just clown i'll just clown them and that's it But we're all gonna get dragged because no one knows these groups. Do you see what I'm saying? The only one that most people know is BTS. So everyone is getting dragged. No one's gonna think, oh, this is, you know, GOT7. So let me just drag GOT7. No, the whole of K-pop is getting dragged. Every single you're, one of us. You're opening them up. Right? It's a setup. You're opening them up to so many, um, like, aggressive comments. And, like, people are gonna, like, bring up, you know racial stereotypes about asians now because you know it becomes a whole fight it's just it's a mess i don't understand but i think i think we should you know speaking of like the shade room um you know cultural appropriation like obviously isn't like a k-pop thing only like western artists are also um perpetrators of it as well absolutely that's true we actually had a couple of examples so like there was one where um basically Pharrell Williams he had appeared on the cover of I believe it was LUK and he was wearing a Native American headdress and then there was like also uh Selena Gomez during her performance at the 2017 MTV Music Awards uh movie video awards I believe where she was wearing a bindi on her forehead which for those who don't know what that is it's basically like this red dot that you put in the middle of your forehead um and basically it was appropriating uh Hindu culture so like there was two they both like released like statements or responses about that and um we'll go to pharrell's first and then we're gonna go to selena's because selena's one actually cracks me up so (laughs) yeah pharrell pharrell said i'm genuinely sorry um and he wrote this statement um it was provided by buzzfeed um he said i'm genuinely sorry i respect and honor every kind of race background and culture and like but i couldn't find more like i think that was it like just those two sentences (laughs) Are you serious? That's it. I I I kept digging That's trying to find. That's what I told her. I was like I was like okay cool, and then like it just stopped, and I thought it was 
there was going to be more, but that's it. <laughs> oh my god. That is insane. Say that again. Right? Say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I am genuinely sorry. I respect and honor every kind of race, background, and culture. End paragraph. I am beyond. <laughs> Yo, it is killing me. Like, how is only two sentences and it's like, is that it? Like, can you provide us with anything else? No, he really said, I'm sorry. Good luck, though. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all be easy. Like, I am baff. I don't, I don't even want to hear Selena's one now. Because this one. No, you want to No, you want to Listen. Daisy, go ahead and read Selena's. <laughs> so, <laughs> she said, when in response to wearing a bini on her forehead, she said, the song has that almost Hindu feel, that tribal feel. I feel, I kind of wanted to translate that. Plus, I've been learning a lot about my seven chakras and bindis and stuff. I've learned about the culture, and I think it's beautiful. I think it's fun to incorporate that into the performance. I need you to go back to that very first sentence. That very first one. I'm literally trying not to die right now, bro, because this is... <laughs> she said that song, the song has that kind of almost Hindu feel, that tribal feel. I am stressed. I am so stressed right Mona, now. Mona, by the way, the song she's referring to is Come and Get It. <laughs> the silence just now. <laughs> I am so beyond shocked. Come and Get It doesn't even sound... It doesn't even sound anything... What? <laughs> there, there's... I, I did not get like any type of south asian like influence from that song nothing oh she's disrespectful (laughs) she's so (laughs) she's so foul for that i can't believe like i had to read that with my own two eyes yo no now i'm upset and i'm not even from the culture i'm just upset It's like you think because you're learning about your seven chakras that that you can use bindi. Do you know how many, like, that is literally like bare minimum surface level stuff. Like, I could learn about the seven chakras from Avatar The Last Airbender. Does that give me right to put a bindi on my forehead? No. Oh my god. And this is the type of stuff that they get away with. I feel like Western artists aren't held to the same um, standard as k-pop artists we expect way more as well i guess because we're k-pop fans but um we expect way more from them than we do from people that are actually around these cultures yeah i think so because there's even like other instances for example like katie perry's music video for dark horse it was like literally all egyptian uh culture like the whole premise was that she was uh, a pharaoh or something like that and like that was the whole thing and like i don't know whether or not egyptians had a problem with that but like you can clearly see that like there's no shortage of like western artists borrowing bits of culture and you know like for people to claim that like k-pop like idols are the only ones who do it or have the most instances of it i think and i wouldn't agree with that absolutely not i think they just get called out more I think I think what it is. And honestly, yeah. I think what it is is for some reason I feel like um 
a lot of times for like k-pop artists like there's so much emphasis on company control while western artists like you talk usually more directly to them while Mm -hmm. like because like for example Mm -hmm. if selena gomez did that like i wouldn't be emailing whatever label she signed to i'd be commenting on her instagram being like address this but for us we're like sending templates to the to the email of the company right that's true that's actually a good point to bring up because like for especially like on twitter like there's so much more of a direct um like communication with the artists because it's like for example like you take all these western like artists and they're like retweeting their fans they're quote tweeting them they're replying like bts if they replied to fans the same way that like i don't know somebody like ariana grande or like megan the stallion was like talking to their fans like it would be so much more easier to actually like get to k-pop idols like you know if you want to educate them about something Mm -hmm. but like for a lot of k-pop idols First of all, like the their Twitter accounts, like not all of them uh, run their Twitter accounts. For some groups, like it's their companies who run their Twitter accounts mainly for promotional reasons, and maybe those members might have like personal Instagram accounts instead. Um, I know BTS obviously run their Twitter account, but like they also have their company Twitter account. I also then, feel like, like they don't um, run their Instagram. I also think that like before you post something, like has to be approved because I don't because. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but TXT's TikToks, they, when they post them, they actually say they were posted a day before. So it seems like they private their videos. Big Hit looks at it and says, okay, you can post that whatever the heck crackhead video you just made. Um, um, approve it and then it (laughs) publishes because even though like it just published now, it says published a day ago. So, like, I think they have to get, like, permission, and it has to be approved before it actually is, like, put out into the world. Yeah, because I remember when um, there was that video that BTS did um, the other week where they were, like, doing, like, they were giving a timeline of their career, and they were talking about how, like, their very first Twitter message, like, they used to have to get, like, permission to, like, tweet on their account, like, to, like, make sure that, like, what they're saying is okay like from the company Mm. and nowadays i don't think they have to do that so like it's a lot more like laid back because it's like what on earth are like they saying they're tweeting pictures of snow (laughs) (laughs) but that actually makes sense though because obviously in the beginning you need that media training don't you you don't want to just let rookies tweet whatever they want i wish i know i wish western artists needed permission because american artists are to they they just say whatever comes to their mind and i know their pr manager is slamming their head against the wall like i know lana del rey's pr manager has like just wanted to jump off a bridge every time she posts something like i kanye west (laughs) kanye oh god (laughs) Like, I wish there was, like, a media manager that was like, okay, you can say this, but also know that if you say this, you are going to lose half your fan base. Or even, not even for serious things, even sometimes I laugh because, you know, sometimes our girl Halsey will drag people and then delete tweets. And I'm like, listen, miss... You did not have to do that. You really did not. You could have just left it alone. So I understand sometimes you get really frustrated. Obviously, you're human. 
and you want to respond to people i think that's the one good thing where if you have like a social media manager or something you know you you don't accidentally do something or say something that might you know reflect badly on you yeah i agree because like a lot of people like associate like can like control at that level with something negative but i think in the beginning i think it's okay and i think i would actually recommend having that type of structure so like you have like your groups and like they know exactly like how they should conduct themselves online like how they like make sure that they're not offending anybody with what they tweet make sure what they're tweeting isn't inappropriate like because there's so many things that could go wrong within like the first couple of years and the last thing you'd want to do is make like a mistake that's so detrimental to your career early on exactly. so i think that it's okay for like them to run their posts by their company and then their company's like okay cool you can post and then like later on you can loosen the reins until it gets to a point mm-hmm. where like they don't have to ask anymore what's really interesting is oh. mental health Sorry, Delilah, I was just going to add also for the artist's own mental health because we've seen what Twitter is like and we're not even famous. Do you know what I mean? It's it's Mm -hmm. hell sometimes. So as an artist, it's not really good for you to see some of the stuff that people, you know, reply to you uh, with or, you know, quote tweet you with and stuff. So sometimes also for the artist's own mental health and stuff, it's better to just have someone maybe you know help you out or kind of guide you right because like we we know they see things like we know they do um right. and i was gonna bring up it's interesting that you say like it's good to have something in the beginning someone to like watch over because Moonbill from mama moo she actually said um she has an instagram now but she said for a while she didn't want to have a personal instagram because she was really worried that she could accidentally hurt someone by like posting something and it coming off the wrong way so she was really worried about having a personal instagram because she didn't want to have like anything that anything like that happen right which makes complete sense even me sometimes i'm like oh i don't even know if i want to post this because i don't want to like hurt people's feelings or you know get people in my mentions because they took it the wrong way because that happens a lot people will misinterpret or you know read between non-existent lines and stuff and even as a celebrity more so people scrutinize your words even more so so you have to be extra careful unfortunately daisy is over there like yep <laughs> daisy's like been there still there oh my god (laughs) still here still getting jumps it's not fun like you don't even have to be like a celebrity to go through it if your account is big enough on twitter it doesn't matter what you say somebody will internalize what you say in your tweet and you will get jumped yes the audience is tired several times not once not twice several times and you know what like honestly i've been taking a lot more breaks from twitter and it's great i'm having a good time over here i'm out here cooking i'm out here uh making recipes and stuff i'm out here playing games life is good for me so sometimes you just need to take a break from all that why do you need to be on twitter 24 7 twitter is overrated most of the time it's true i'm only here for if it was not for bts best believe you would have never seen my ad on that platform i would never ever ever i'm here for bts that's it and that's why i have everything and everyone muted like i don't see anything unless i actually go into my mentions and search for stuff i don't see nothing i'm like i only see bts related content and i call it a day i literally have had like twitter muted since 2019 
Yeah, my account <laughs> is, like, still tiny. Um, and so I haven't, like, muted my notifications because no one speaks to me. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like... <laughs> If I were Daisy, someone like Daisy, I would never be on, like, I, I would open Twitter, like, once a day. <laughs> and once then look day? at it, and then that's it. That's it. Like, I mean, look at it just to see, like, right. what, like, your group chat is saying and seeing what's happening. But, like, I would try not to scroll through my mentions because it'd be a mess. <laughs> Hey guys, this is a PSA from your resident editing fairy, Daisy. Um, we're going to be splitting this up into two parts because we talked for way too long. So you'll be getting the next part in tomorrow's installment. Thank you.